Welcome to the Good Times Podcast. Welcome. Where we have a good time talking about Bible, church, current events, life, all of that. We try to make it make sense as it relates to our faith. Mm-hmm. We're like a day late in a dollar store on this episode. Oh, we better hurry up and start talking. Then. All right. <laughs> so today we are talking about um, current affairs and wokeism. Wokeism. Pastor Pulpit. One of my favorite topics to have. Should I expound? Please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that wokeism does not belong to black folks. I think being woke belongs to black folks. I think the dominant culture put the ISM and made it invincible. Hmm. I, I think when it, once it becomes an ism, it becomes something that you can politically and socially, even religiously attack mm-hmm. once it becomes an ism. Uh, I think in our culture, it was just about being woke. And it's real simple. Uh, be alert, be aware, don't be asleep. Understand what's going on, you gotta be woke. Um, probably the earliest reference I have to that is in school days when Lawrence Fishburne's character, that. Uh, got up early that morning after everything that went down and was screaming, wake up mm-hmm. on the whole campus. Mm-hmm. That's my first uh, experience with the notion of waking up or being woke. And, and that's something that is really powerful for us as black people because we seem to listen to the lullaby that dominant culture sings to us. And, and if we listen to the dominant culture, They'll put us to sleep by feeding us their proposed agenda, their proposed history um, versus what it really is, what it actually is. Case in point about not being woke. I understood Juneteenth 20, 25 years ago. I, 25 years ago, I was 32. So I, I had lived 32 years and not understood it, not even really heard of it, right? I understood Black Wall Street 10 years ago. I just found out that there are whole cities buried under lakes all over our country, Black cities, less than five years ago. Because it's not perpetuated. It's a part of that lullaby to keep that information from us. And then once we say we want to be woke, it is the dominant culture, it's their agenda and for what they want, even their job, to now make our being woke a problem. So they make it an ism. So it's right there with racism, sexism, ageism, Wokeism, it's another thing that needs to be deconstructed, explained, detached, watered down until it doesn't have the power anymore. So. I, I should have worn my uh, James Baldwin. 
Uh, Baldwin. My man. Yeah, Baldwin, who's, Baldwin still is <laughs> yeah. one of the best mm. thinkers and writers that we have um, within our black culture. But what Baldwin said to be relatively conscious in this country is to be in a constant state of rage. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't want us to be conscious or woke. They want us to be in this lullaby or continue to be asleep because I think the dominant culture fears what would happen if all of us really woke up to the notion of what's been happening. Um, and I think that we're coming to a reckoning, not just when it comes to like racial issues, um, but in the grand scheme. We can certainly talk about this ban of books and uh, this erasure of history. And I really want to talk about that because uh, I struggle as a Pan-African Studies minor and so I did a lot of studying around race and and um, culture and what it looks like in America and across the pan uh, the diaspora um, but we have these conversations around what will we continue to read what we will we continue to hold up on a pedestal whether or not we should pull down statues of confederates or mm-hmm. you know things like that and I really I've come to the notion, particularly after this attack on like CRT, um, critical race theory, um, I'm really coming to the notion that the people in power just don't want us to know the truth about history. And not just us, the generations coming, Mm -hmm. who may be the most powerful and intelligent generation or will be that the earth has ever seen. Mm -hmm. We cannot allow them to have right information. Uh, Robert Wall had a special on uh, HBO years ago, and and I can't right now remember the name of it, but he was attacking all the things that the government have said and have taught and have given to us that were false. Everything from Paul Revere to presidents, he he was just going through it and, and talked about how in America, what they will do, they'll feed you a legend. Mm-hmm. Until the legend becomes the truth, yeah, they won't deal with the truth. They'll just keep feeding you the legend mm-hmm. until the legend becomes the truth. And our, our listeners, you can look that up with Robert Wall, um, and, and I can't remember the name of it, but you can look it up. It's a great series he had dealing with the lies that we were told about everything from the songs we sing to 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 the leaders we've had over the years to what it. And so I think that we're in a place, then we speak of critical race theory. Um, The notion that somehow you can have a racist society 400 years ago and not have it now is asinine. The fact that it perpetuates it goes on for 400 years, means literally it's a part of the fabric. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, we, when, we, when we deal with that, and so for me, I've always said, you cannot be in America and not deal with racism because it's a part of the fabric. No more that I can wear this warm-up suit and get rid of the cotton that's in it. Because it's a part of the fabric, the only way I could get the cotton out would be to shred it mm-hmm. and to tear it up and to start over. And that is the fear 
of the dominant culture. And I mean, we scared the living daylights of them, out of them, even when we nominated and elected Barack Obama. They thought, surely they get it all get us back. <laughs> <laughs> but you know he was a safe choice. Yeah, he was, he was a safe. <laughs> but it scared them to death, right? Just the notion that a dude who can get a texturizer sitting in the White House <laughs> scared, scared them to death. And even though he was a safe choice, the fear, right, that came upon everybody who understands what has been happening. And I think when they got through with his eight years, they all said, I bet you we won't let this happen again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet you we won't let this happen. Yeah. Yeah, ta Nehisi Coates wrote a book about the eight years of, the eight years. Who's author? ta Nehisi Coates. Ta-Nehisi he is uh, a prolific writer. Um, I think he gets his roots from Baldwin's work. Um, he has done so many different genres, um, from writing long-form essays to producing mm-hmm. videos long-form in a book. He even wrote on uh, the Wakanda comic series. I love it. So it's really do, dope, um, but wrote a book about the eight years of presidency and talking about how, mm-hmm. just how America could not stand the eight years. Oh, my God. Uh, that Obama was in office and how far we will move away from so much so that they came out of it enraged. The country came out enraged, torn apart, splintered, anything you could say. And and it stayed and sustained mm-hmm. to this very hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how frightened they were. And, and so he, here's what I here's what I've gathered from this. I think if you are if you are an activist, if you are voice for righteousness. It is your job to make a moment a movement. If you are the antithesis, the enemy of that, it's your job to make the movement simply a moment over your hypocrisy. And so their, their job, whether it's Black Lives Matter or protests or all of the of rage and, and demonstration we had with all of the police brutality that was clustered. I, I think dominant culture is trying to suggest it's okay, it's over. That was just a moment in time. Mm-hmm. While well, we keep fighting, said no, this is a movement and it can't stop. And wherever you see that, dominant culture is always trying to make our movements a moment. And we have to resist the temptation to relax and keep making sure that those moments become qualified movements. And they don't stop. That they snowball and keep going. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I so when I say like I feel like now there is a push, um, and people are waking up across spectrums. I, I think not just of our racial fight that mm-hmm. we are having in this country, but even we are in the midst of seeing some historic strikes that are happening across mm-hmm. our nation. And um, just this week, our current sitting president went out to the UAW mm-hmm. um, uh, strike picket line. First president in history that they report on to ever go to a picket line. And um, I, I would venture to say, like, while racism is embedded in the fabric of this nation, 
I think that greed and capitalism is this nation's downfall. And racism was just a vehicle in order for people to get greed and accumulate wealth. And so we're seeing it now in 2023. And it doesn't matter what color you are. Like, it's easy to cherry pick black folks or people who look different, people of color, um, because of our skin color, right? But at the end of the day, folks just want to get rich. They want, you know, to hoard wealth. And what these strikes across the writer strike for um, actors, whatever it is, like people are tired. They are sick and tired. On macro level and micro level. Yeah. To your point, if capitalism is our God in this country, then greed would be the archangel. <laughs> right? Greed would be the archangel that protects that and keeps it in place and guards it like an archangel. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head, which by way, and you can school me on this because you know about this more than I do, but for me, I don't know that you can have a capitalistic democracy. No. I don't know that that can even exist. No. I think that's an oxymoron. No, we don't. You know, I was, re- I was listening to a book today. I just started it, but when you were talking about how this country... Um, proliferates these lies and sells it to us. It was they were talking about how our country is a republic, quote unquote, for those who are not are listening and not watching. Our our country is a quote unquote republic, but we really are empire. Mm-hmm. And we have all of these territory territories that we skirt Absolutely. around and don't talk about, whether it's Guam or Hawaii before Absolutely. you know we enca- uh, encapsulated it. Like in the, in the Americas, we think of our 50 states, but then you kind of just think of the joint 48. Mm-hmm. But, like, we got all of these territories that we have, like, taken over. Taken over. You were looking for a word, just say it. Just we like, have taken. We went in there, like, give me that. Like, or, or if you're from the hood, we took. Nah, what? <laughs> and so we we break off from oh, Great yeah. Britain, right, in the inception of this country because Great Britain was an, an empire. Is an empire. Is an empire. Is an empire. And we're like, oh, we don't want to be like them. We're better than them. We're gonna so let's just change the title. Nah. But keep the principles. Took up. We won't have a king and queen. We'll have a president. But even before that, when we were in 13 colonies, we were like, oh, it's gold on the West Coast. Let's just go over there. Let's just go get it. Because that's that's what we know to do. We know to steal it. It's savage. Yeah, we, we know to go get it if we want it to go take it. And so we, we left because we weren't we weren't being included when they split what they took. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go, we're gonna leave from with tax evasion. Right. We're gonna leave. Or be sent because we were prisoners. There you, go. Were prisoners. There you go. The we're Europeans. gonna start our own thing yes. as a group of criminals. Yes. We're gonna start our own place and we're gonna continue the criminal activity we protested, except now is our empire and we can divide it up the way we want to. And the only difference is it won't run through bloodline. We'll we'll use this other system, wealth. It won't run run through, which then would would have been what? Uh, uh, Land ownership and some animals or something. Mm -hmm. 
but, but we'll use wealth to determine instead of bloodline. But it's the same corrupt system over and over and over again. And they never want you to say that. And, and to that point, to, to, to make this conversation shake hands with the church, I think as a pastor, as a preacher, as a teacher, anybody who stands in a pulpit, you have to mention that. You have to say that. Maybe not every Sunday, but certainly when the text allows it to. Mm -hmm. And if you're preaching biblical text, you're going to have opportunity to say it. Mm -hmm. And when, it, when, it's, when it's time to say it, we need to stand flat-footed and challenge it and say it mm -hmm. so that our people will know this is not right. You should be fighting against this. This should disturb you. You should be uneasy about this, right? And, and so I think it, it's, it's the job of the prophet, the watchman, for he or she to stand on the wall and cry loud. That's, that's, that's our only job. And shame on us if we get a wall, but we won't cry. My Lord. Yeah. My Lord. Oh, that's good. I mean, you know, these preachers nowadays, they don't preach in the Old Testament. So. <laughs> Many of our prophets were decrying uh, greed and, and profiteering. Oh, yeah. That happened, but so did Jesus. So did Jesus. And so even when we look at Jesus and we look at, like, I sometimes I be wondering what these folks be reading when they talk about, oh, y'all going too hard with the protests and all of that. Like, we don't need all that in the I church. I have no idea. And I'm like, do you not understand that Jesus was assassinated because he was shaking up a, a whole system? Like, Jesus was put on a Roman cross because of the fear, not just from the Jews, but the, the Roman Empire. The entire establishment. They didn't want to see what he was going to do, what he was going to shake up. And he preached against greed, and he preached against the profiteering, and he overturned tables, right? But, like, he even understand, I don't know if you said this recently, but some, like, Jesus was like, okay, I understand the system that I live in, and so he tells um, Peter to go catch a fish and take the coin out the fish to go pay the taxes, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't really, I shouldn't have to do all of this. But, but but I need to work the system. Yeah. I need to work the system. And, and this is real simple stuff. It's not a matter of him being loyal uh, to state. That's not what it is. Jesus shows us how to function because we can't call down angels, because we can't walk on water, because we can't do those things. So he teaches us how to exist but not comply, mm. not get comfortable. We exist in it. We maneuver in it. But we find a way to use said system to work for the benefit of the kingdom, which historically is why it's ingenious that God waits until Rome is in control to have the gospel spread. Because by the time Rome comes along, they no longer take people captive. They occupy and put Ooh. governors there. Yeah. It's called colonization. Yeah. Colonization meaning, Muslim wrote out this years ago, it's the same root word as your colon. What goes in at the head comes out through the bile, right? Ain't that heavy? That's Muslim wrote. So, so what he's saying is when you colonize, whatever's at the head 
comes out through the system. God hijacks colonization for Christianity. He let Rome put it in place, and then he takes it for himself. So when we talk about the wealth of the wicked being laid up for the righteous, he ain't just talking about money. He's talking about the very systems that operate. We need to make them our systems and put the right thing in at the head so that it comes out in the system. Okay, two things that I want you to deal with because I feel like we can't move from there. But there's two things that popped up in my mind and I don't want to forget. <coughs> First, there's this like on social media, people are talking about are asking their uh, significant others, do you ever think about the Roman Empire? And I, I just ran across this on Twitter like this morning. Or That's a new thing? Yeah, like there's this conversation on, do you ever think about the Roman Empire? And so this older, old white guy sitting on the porch, this woman asks, do you ever think about the Roman Empire? And he said, oh, all the time, like, without question. And she said, well, what about it do you think? He was like, how they just lulled the people into eating and drinking and being merry. They bring them into the Colosseums and they play games for them, but they don't show, like, they don't want them to really think about how corrupt the system is. And how they are being lorded over, and how they don't actually have any power. Let's keep them in the yeah, and so this is old backwood mm-hmm. white guy on mm-hmm. the porch talking about, oh, this is what they're doing to us right mm-hmm. now. And I'm like, duh, they're entertaining us, they're giving us the finest, but they're hiking up the cost of inflate, uh, inflation. They're making us work in the system. And so I want you to talk about that, or you know how that, um, how that, how we're seeing that in our churches, particularly and in this current culture, but then also how you just explained that, that God hijacked the Roman colonial system. Mm-hmm. And as a black person who has, um, we talk about, and while we know it's not true, people say, well, Christianity is white man's religion. Uh-huh. And, you know, they use Christianity in order to spread colonialism. How do we rectify the two? So however you want to take that. Uh the first one, let me do the last one first. So for everybody who would listen, it is a lie of mammoth proportions that the continent of Africa does not know God. Yes. That they took us from voodoo. I just heard a preacher preach. Oh, yeah. That they, they, took, they took us from voodoo. He said, so even though a lot of black people died as slaves, at least they went to heaven because we changed their faith. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He was actually preaching this, and his church was clapping. And so my thing is, what we need black people to do is to stay biblical and historical. Whenever I'm preaching and somebody's black, I make it sure to say it, that this is a black woman. Whether I'm talking about Rahab, Old Testament, or the Syrophoenician woman, New Testament, when we see those markers telling us where they're from and who, what lineage they come from, we need to make sure we say, this is a black person. Because the time stamp on the text will let us know that we had faith long before it came to Rome. Mm-hmm. Long before it came to Rome. Even if you look at the spread of the gospel mm-hmm. in Acts, mm-hmm. it goes to Ethiopia and Africa long before it goes to Rome, yeah, before it gets to Cornelius and Acts 9. Mm-hmm. And, and so we need to be very sure that we are not practicing a white man's religion 
and same shame on the pseudo-educated black folk who perpetuate that lie, uh, thinking they're saying something, thinking they're smart. We don't have a white man's religion. The version of religion they taught us when we got here was definitely perverted, but that's not what we did and served on the continent. And um, I, I think we have to be more scholarly uh, when we preach that, and we can be emotional, emotional and emotive, but let's put context to that. I, I just said today I was teaching something else, and I said it's okay if the didactic shakes hands with the didactic. Ooh, that's good. I, I, I can be heady, and I can be smart, and I can be emotional and passionate about it at the same time. One is not the enemy of the other, but let's get a little bit more learning with our burning so we can drop those nuggets as we're preaching and teaching. So that's just a lie. Uh, and I'm, I'm so agitated about it, I forgot the first question. <laughs> well, what was, the first question was about Rome, the Roman, Rome, Empire Roman Empire. And how they're lulling us. Well, I, I think that's when, when we were talking earlier and, and you talked about uh, uh, the dominant culture's ability to repeat historical movements that made them rich. They studied cultures and they studied cultures that became successful and affluent and they then duplicate said behavior. I'll never forget, this was years ago. Um, yeah, you are, you are too, too. But you, this, was, this was years ago. Uh, but I know you've heard about it. Uh, uh, our, our friend in the Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas, and Anita Hill, mm -hmm. their trial was aired on national television. Yeah. But it was aired on national television while Desert Storm was happening. Mm. Simultaneously. You can look back. And so what now happens is, watch this, they're giving us a soap opera yeah. while the nation is at war, yeah. while people are dying. But to entertain us, let's watch these people fight each other. Yeah. And if you look at any significant thing like that, there's a crisis going on underneath it. They did the same thing with Bill Clinton and uh, uh, Monica. Monica Lewinsky. They, they do it all the time. So that is the motif. Let's keep them entertained, right? Let's keep them entertained while we do what we're going to do. And, and that rule of thumb is not fair. I, I was just sitting thinking the other day, I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just kind of talking about what I'm talking about. But do you understand that in this system, you could never, as a black woman, accomplish what Kim Kardashian did? Because what did she do? <laughs> no, no. What I'm saying is oh. to literally prostitute herself. Yes. In a sex tape. And then become an iconic mogul afterwards. A, a, a black woman could have never pulled that off. And her mama is her manager. Is her pimp. Oh my god! Yeah, you you could never pull. Listen, let me let so let me make it make let me make it make more sense to you. Kim Kardashian makes an entire and speaking to the racism in the show and all that's going on. What's going? On, Kim Kardashian makes an entire sex tape. The world sees it. We make her iconic. Mm -hmm. 
Janet Jackson shows a nipple by accident and they almost ended her career. She became irrelevant for almost a decade. Mm. That's that's the racism we deal with. That that's 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 the racism we deal with. That a, a president can go out, a former president can go out campaigning with 90 indictments. Yeah. And Colin Kaepernick can't take a knee. <laughs> with no criminal record. With no criminal record. He he became the nation's bad guy. And this dude has 90. And they had rallies cheering for him. And, and the um, evangelicals, they're going to back him. They're going to back him. Heavily back him. And, and, and to all of the saints that are listening and or watching, because somebody quotes scripture does not make them saints. Because the devil knows Because they lift up a principle you hold. Because somebody and your mind is on the right side of an issue like divorce uh, divorce, or abortion or LGBTQ because that resonates with you, because they have a good thought that resonates with you does not mean they're the person to leave the country. Because you don't even know if they believe that. You only know they're saying that. So what we have to do is stop looking for people to be the pastor of the United States of America. Yeah, yeah. these are politicians. They're going to say whatever they need to say to get voted. We got to start letting people like you give us truth, bring us history to check so that we, we, we're well aware of what's happening. How dare you consider voting for a man that has 90 indictments? Not, not one, not two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 90. Do you know how much you got to be breaking the law to get 90? <laughs> This means he's done a whole lot of crap. But we can only bring charges for these 90 things. And, and we're still looking at entertaining. And, and we have to say things about that. I'm dealing Sunday. I'm going to talk about this Sunday, Acts 28. And, and, and I'm dealing with, Acts 28 is when Paul didn't land on the island. And he gets, that's the one where he gets bit by the viper and he shakes it off. And my, my statement to the people is, it's never the viper, it's always the venom. Ooh. The snake never is the problem. It's the venom that that's, the problem. that's the problem. We're not afraid of snakes because they're snakes. We're afraid of snakes because of the venom they carry. Come on, and so what we're doing now is embracing these things that look beautiful not understanding there's venom that comes with that. that there, there's venom. And, and, and we're, not, we're not being aware of how poisonous and how dangerous it can be. We started talking about Rome. And as we all know, Rome came to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Rome or so we think. Rome, <laughs> the Roman Empire came to an end. Failed. That's right. That's right. The principles, however, live, there you go. They live still on. Still live on. That's right. With that, I do not believe. This is my opinion from my research, my reading. I don't think the U.S. will function or look like what it does in a hundred years. 
I don't think we're going to be able to maintain. I would say you're right, but I would say 25 to 50. I, I would say you're exactly right, but I don't think it's going to take that much time. Why is that? Because we no longer have decency enough to be ashamed of ourselves. We now rival in our crime. Yeah. And, and, and we're, we're bombastic and loud uh, about the lack of virtue and the lack of principle. We, we tout it. We, we, we're not ashamed of it. And the fact that we are unashamed of what we do, right? Uh, DeSantis. DeSantis. Huh? DeSantis. <laughs> DeSantis. <laughs> Makes the whole, you saw the cartoon video yeah. of Frederick Douglass yeah. telling the young white kids that slavery was beautiful yeah. and good and, and all of that. The fact that we can do that shows where we are. The fact that a presidential candidate can say, I can walk down the middle of the street and shoot someone and nothing would happen. He's not talking about as a citizen. He's talking about white privilege. So whenever it gets that far off the rails, our people, meaning Americans, attack their own capital. Yeah. Yeah. We, we saw that. And the attack was led So I think you're being very kind to say I with you. This dynasty has already fallen. Yeah. It's already fallen. That's why the rest of the world doesn't take us serious. Yeah. They're not. They're not threatened by us. They don't. We can't bark at people no more and get them to act right because we look like clowns on the on the global stage. Yeah. Donald Trump couldn't be a president anywhere else but America. No, no, no one else would have him as a leader. We better be on the lookout for what Brexit has, uh, uh, Brits has to offer because Brazil, Russia, India, China, what's the, what's, what's Korea. Korea, South, South America, mm -hmm. South uh, Africa, now Saudi Arabia, Iran, like they, and and, and they they haven't. They're not catching up. They have caught us and passed it. It passed us. See, we, we deal in America a lot with propaganda. Mm -hmm. So we tell ourselves we're number one. Mm -hmm. We tell ourselves we're the strongest. We tell ourselves we're the smartest. But we're not. Now when you look at, uh, what's the place you went to before? Uh, uh, Dubai. Now when you look at, no, I don't think we're the wealthiest. <laughs> 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 not, 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 not with the stuff they're doing. Then I watched the Olympics. Well, when were we at in China? It was the Olympics when they did the lights. Or was yeah. that when they did all that stuff with them lights? I don't think not, I don't think we're the smartest. Not not with what I'm watching right now. I ain't seen nothing like that in America. No, and these nothing. kids can't read. Come on, <laughs> or do math. Come on. So I, I'm like, we deal with it in a lot of propaganda, yeah. and we believe our hype, and they keep us on a steady diet of it yeah. all the time. But until you, and, and, and I was listening to a general, a five-star general talk on the radio today, and he said, if you want to know the truth about what's going on in your country,
much you care to watch the news, you have to read a book or watch a serious documentary. But you can't you can't listen to the news. You gotta read. That's us. And we don't read. Not yeah. as a people. We don't read as a nation. We'd rather have watched this statue of what about Rome. We would rather be entertained. Well, the writer's strike is over, so we're going to get more. Really? I think they signed something, so we're going to get more entertainment. More and more. They said we can't make it without <laughs> drama. We need drama. We'll get more Netflix series and more Hulu. Here we go. And we less books. be flooded with it. And less books. And less books. And here comes the wheel. They're going to entertain us. Are you not entertained? <laughs> That's our question for you. If you like this, please find us on all social medias. Um, like, subscribe, share with your friends. And we will be back next week with another conversation. See you.